Welcome to the Mile 99 interview with your host, Jessica Harris, Mike Turner, and Greg Larkin. Enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the trails. See you out there. See you there. morning, everyone. This is Greg Larkin from the Mile 99 podcast. Uh, coming to you, uh, well, at the moment, we're live in Folsom, Michael Lee and Kendall Young, just on the heels of Michael's FKT, well, I should say FKTAM 300 is the proper pronunciation of the hashtag, I think. Uh, but basically an FKT, a 300-mile-plus journey up and down Mount Tam. Yeah, so we're here. Uh, we're at the uh, Courtyard Marriott, and we're uh, just... Michael and Kendall here have just uh, supported Kendall's wife running her first 50 miler at the American River 50. So let's just start with that real quick, Kendall. How did that go for her? It, it went it went roughly as expected, which is to say Michael's been coaching her to be more specific. He trained her. He started training her a couple of years ago. Um, he trained her for her first marathon and then uh, followed up quickly with a with her first 50k course uh um, Michael suggested the next step, uh, and she said, tends to always say yes to him. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this um, is going to be a theme, I think. Let's yeah, let's put a yeah, pin in that. Uh, I think it, that's going to be a theme. As I often say, this can't end well. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, seriously. She had a um, she had a really good race. Um, Michael brought her along in a very um, organized fashion in order to make it to yesterday. Um, the the sort of if. Uh, if the wheels started to come off, they came off in a predictable place instead of an unpredictable place. I think from Rattlesnake Bar forward, that's kind of where people, uh, metaphorically speaking, say the race starts, and it actually really does. But I, I would say that it went uh, at least as expected, maybe even a little bit better. Um, she was ready to stop running, I'm not going to lie. She was ready to, to stop running, but Michael really knew when to, um, when to nudge at the right time, when to back off at the right time, you know, um, Everything. So it just it went really well. Um, she's really enthused and has that uh, an, an expected high. Last last thing I'd say is that you know, fifty seven year old woman running her first fifty miler, uh, and in in just a, a twelve month period, a, a marathon or a sixteen month period, a marathon, a fifty k, and then up to fifty miles. She's um, it's pretty. Um, I'm impressed. And I don't say that because she's my wife. I can say that about anybody. So yeah, that is impressive. That's a that's a good ramp. Uh, yeah. Not very long. Yep. And just to set the stage, I guess I, I may not have said this, but you know, Kendall, you were um, Michael's crew chief for his Mount Tam effort over the last uh, couple of weeks here. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So the thing to kind of note here, everyone, is you know we're only how many days after the attempt? Four days. <laughs> Four days. Okay. This all happened down in the Bay Area. These two gentlemen are now up here uh, in Folsom along the American River 50 course, right back in it. All right. There's no rest here. You two completely focused for two weeks. Uh, well, during the effort, but countless weeks. We'll get into that prep, prepping, and all of that, mm-hmm. and then immediately, boom. Okay, a new focus. Uh, get your wife to the finish line of a 50 miler. You're out there all day yesterday. What time? The race starts early, right? 6 a.m. You're probably up at 4, 4.30, you know, doing all that. Finish up around 7-ish or so last night, I say. Yeah. So this is just like a constant effort. Uh, there's no off switch yet. I'm guessing there's going to be an off switch, but we'll get to that at some point. A little rest, maybe. <laughs> but uh, so why don't we kind of like rewind it and maybe we can go back to was it last year, 200 mile attempt, right? Sure. And just sort of give us like 
a little bit of a flavor of the last couple of years, how you led up to the 200, and then kind of what the mindset was after that and sort of how the team started to form. Um, the 200 started because I signed up for Tahoe 200. I drank a Kool-Aid. I paced a friend uh, in 2019 at Tahoe 200. And I was very specific when I actually, when he asked me to pace him, that I want to pace the last 50 miles. And the question was then, why the last 50 miles? I said, if one day should I actually do the 200, I want to see the worst part of your experience <laughs> so that I know what, what kind of hell what I'm getting myself into. And so I did. We had some good good fun during that episode. Uh, and then a week later, I signed up for Tile 200 2020. <laughs> a week. One week. <laughs> um, but of course, as everybody knows, the pandemic happened 2020, and, and I trained all through until September of 2020, and we were still actually, when the race was canceled due to the fire, we were still going to run it, uh, but then it, it, when the fire actually shut down Tahoe, we, we, we feel that they were just a safety issue, not, not to be wise to have my crew and volunteering and, you know, weaving in and out of, you know, danger zones, so, yeah, so it, it was just, it was just not the right time, so we, we took the sign from the universe, and we, we just decided to shelf it. I'm looking for a couple of uh, 100, you know, 150 miles. Headland had a uh, 150 mm-hmm. miles, but then it was like, it's not quite a 200. Mm-hmm. And how it actually came about, uh, you know, in 2019, I had the, the FKT of uh, maximum ascent, supportive ascent in one day, and that was eight, uh, up and down to Tam. Mm-hmm. And Kendall and another gentleman, Norman Law, was actually instrumental being my support team at the time. So 2020, at the end of uh, the year, December, someone came along, her name is Catherine Land, and she did 100 miles up and down Mount Tam. And we're like, aha, my record has been set, has been taken down, and so I gotta go back, and, and, and that that's how the 200 became uh, an idea. And then, of course, everybody go like, what are you talking about? Like, how many times is that gonna be involved? And, and that became the, the intriguing uh, factor to say, yes, that's that's not hard. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. And, and the team just kind of fall behind and, and rally around me and say, all right, what do we need to do? And we did a Bruce Nguyen is also another intricate part of that, that team. I, I paced and crewed Bruce at many 200s mm-hmm. during 2020. Um, and, and so... We just got together, did the you know, practice with the RV trailer and camping in the different locations and what have you. Worked out a lot of things like the generator didn't work the first time. <laughs> we can actually crank it up and oops, nothing worked. And we got to Sola and uh, all the gear that we need to get set up. Uh, but you know, the, the 200 came together in 2020 March, 2021 March, um, and, and you know, I think. What seeded the the three hundred mile plan was, I had such a positive experience. Like, you know, Bruce had actually told me that you know, look, the blister's going to kick in after 100, 100 miles. You've only done a hundred miles before, and there are things that actually will happen. What's interesting was that I thought what I thought would be, oh my God, you know, one fifty, I'm climbing Tam over and again, and there's going to be places that. Is going to be awful. 
you know, I have people that actually ran into me at 160, 180 miles and say, how are you looking so fresh mm-hmm. and not, you know, like look like you're, <laughs> you should look like crap. And I, you know, I don't, and never did I actually during that journey felt like a wall or, I mean, there was one 4 a.m. base end that we were, I'm just super tired. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, you know, Granted, I only slept for like six hours for five days, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I was tired. And, and but the euphoria that actually came out of that experience—it was amazing. I mean, literally, when I crossed the finish line, I knew I wanted to go do more. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, what I learned, the lessons that I learned out of that was, um, I've always been a crew chief. I've done a lot of you know planning and and serving other people for. Or big races, big attempt, and and the hardest part for me was to let go and not be the guy who was in charge and and fall back into my team, uh, and and these guys held me up the whole way, and and letting go gave me a different set of freedom, mm-hmm. and that experience and that journey was like oh my god, I had such an epiphany of emotion roller coasters that I that I experienced. I, I want to lean hard into that, and I want more. So yeah. that's, that's what's kind of seeded through for that period. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's great to see you kind of being able to take that mindset of always being the one to kind of coordinate and then just sort of totally giving up and just letting it go and letting everyone else just kind of come around you and just push you forward. That's uh, that's probably a really hard thing to do. It took know? a couple of attempts. Uh, I mean, literally, I came into the first 200 with a pace chart. When am I going to eat? When am I going to sleep? That lasted about a day. And then the second 200 we did, which is in September 2000, uh, 2021, mm-hmm. uh, that was when Tile 200 canceled again. Mm-hmm. And then we decided that screw it, we're just going to roll that fat ass and just do it on our own. And and in that experience, I, I came in with less structure, per se, meaning we have a rough idea in terms of like a route and how much bird and what have you, but we, we I, no, no more schedule, mm, right? Yeah. We just kind of like, we go to sleep when we do. And again, things kind of went unexpectedly. And, and Bruce has a saying, as you probably heard, you know, planning for the plan not working. And, and we really learned uh, and on the job how to, and, and my, my counterpart to plan for the plan not working is improvise, adapt, overcome, mm. right? Uh, and, and being an IT person for a uh, for good 30 years, you know, <laughs> learning to roll with the punches and, and, and solve problems on the fly, that's what the team is really good at. And, and having good people behind you to be able to turn on and say, all right, you know what, I'm gonna let you guys figure it out, and, and letting that go, being able to turn on let go, was was a key part of that that uh, experience, and having a team behind you to mm. to help you to do that. Yeah, uh, that that worked out really well, and and so when I step up for the 300, uh, I think all I had was the sign up sheet for people that actually want to come pace. That's it. I, I have no schedule. I have no other plans, and we were flexible, meaning that I planned for four laps a day. Uh, and you know, some we tried it a couple of days, and then you know, three works better, and I'm less fried, and I'm actually able to turn on and go back and get better rest. The laps got faster when mm-hmm. I was able to turn on do get a little more rest, and, and recognizing it's a longer journey and it's a longer haul, 
Um, so we were able to turn around and actually take advantage and just make fine-tuned adjustments and be flexible. Yeah. And every time we were flexible, uh, the plan seems to work out a little bit better. Mm. And, and so I kind of lean more into that and adapt to it. And, and uh, it, it was it, it was truly a trip. Uh, I mean, the part that I thought it was the, it was going to be the most scary and unknown part turned out to be the most amazing part of the experience. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't wait to do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, you totally adapted. And then this is happening as this thing is unfolding, right? Yes. And so yes. you've got other people and they've got commitments and they've got travel and they've got all this, but they're adapting with you. Yeah. And then even like the day I was there that, um, so I, I got down there lap 33 in the evening yeah. on a Saturday yeah. night, actually it was yes. a night, night lap next morning, 34 woke up foggy, windy, rains in the forecast. And then I had to leave. Um, but then later in the day saw that you adapted, you said, you know, there's, it's just not used. Uh, it's not worth going up in the rain, the pouring rain, the wind. It's it starts to get to be a safety issue to some sure. degree, right? Sure. Like you know, you don't want to be slipping on some of these rocks because I'll tell you they're slippery. Um, and so you adapted. You said, "Hey, like we're just going to do two today. This is the better part of valor. We've got time. We can we can you know pull this out by Tuesday anyway. It's not a big deal." So I like that that kind of just constant reevaluating. It, it was it was. We went through when we did the 200 last year, had some wind and some weather as well. And and I think we've learned from that lessons. And and this time, especially having other people that volunteer to come pace, uh, it's even more of an exposure. And, and as you've gone through some of the scramble, mm. going up there in the storm is not exactly, and, mm. and it is at the end of the day, while it's not you know eight or 10,000 feet, it's still a mountain. And weather climate change as you ascend mm-hmm. and descend mm-hmm. um, and and so safety see <laughs> my crew chief and the team later on told me that we already have a internal meeting and decided that <laughs> that we were going to go up yeah but, uh, we're, we're glad that you came to your senses and actually came to the same same conclusion with us as you descend and, and i said good we're up that, that that works out for the better but really it, it it's so funny you know I think when we when we did that adjustment, what turned out was I read I you know for example like Dean Canarsis was our my you know uh, closer for the final lab, and, and I reached out to him probably mid like mid middle of the mm-hmm. the exercise of, of the of the of the thirteen days just kind of like he and I already have been exchanging emails about hey I want to go do a uh, run on town. And just schedule it never worked out. So I just kind of impromptu in the middle of the event, sent him an email and say, hey, remember that TAM run that you wanted to do? Uh, I'm kind of in the middle of one, so come play with me, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he didn't actually reply for a few days because of whatever his reason. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was like the second or the third day before the mm-hmm. end, um, he replied to to Kendall and, and said, "Hey, oh my God, <laughs> yes! How do we do this?" And and he showed up and Kendall teed it off and and make sure that that that, that worked out schedule wise. That he cleared his schedule. He had actually a bunch of investors that flew in that morning on Tuesday. Oh, uh, and he rearranged his schedule so that he'd come run with me, finished, and then go back to his Whoa. movie. Mm-hmm. So so that was. I mean, it, had we not made that Saturday adjustment. 
mm. just didn't, you know, serendipity and how everything just lined up the way it, it, it came out. It, it was like that throughout this journey of 13 days and also leading up to the, mm. the start of it. Yeah. So, so it's, you can always say, you know, when you set your intention out, the universe, you kind of, the universe kind of actually provides. Yeah. It, it, it cannot be more. And, and when you are in it and you experience that, you kind of go, wow, how do I get more of that? Yeah. Like, how, how, how do I lean in and, and experience and share that with other people? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what this, this whole event has been. It's very organic. We, we set up with one intention that is the goal of 40 summits, 100,000 feet. That's it. And everything else just kind of fall in place. Mm-hmm. It is the most magical experience I, 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 can, I can tell. It's yeah. yeah, you don't get those, those experiences too often in life. So just being there and sort of seeing everything that was happening while I was there, I mean, you could, you could see the energy. I think that was the first thing that occurred to me when I walked in the apartment was just the energy was on point. Like it's positive. Um, and a lot of that has to do with your crew chief, I think. Uh, so let's bring Kendall in here a little bit and, um, let's talk about kind of leading up to this, you know, what was, what was it that was going on? And then obviously I want to talk about during, cause you were just, you had it down, you know, I, I, I just, I was, I was amazed. You know, people coming in and out. You're constantly seeing new people, mm-hmm. help, trying to help them figure out what to do. I was even getting coached by Satpal on mm-hmm. the climbs. He knows that things have been kind of like, you know, we've been talking to Michael a lot the last few week or so. So sure. maybe you should spend a lot of time with him and give him sure. some new stories. Just little things like that. You know, everybody was kind of doing that, but you were the, the coordinator. So what was that experience like kind of leading up and then during? Sure. Broad question, I know. Sure. No, no, no. <laughs> happy to happy to try to lend some clarity to that. So, yeah, um, I'm very much, and, and the staff, well, let me start by saying something you just mentioned and um, Michael did as well. I don't think it's very often that you really get one of those, the sky opens and just every, you know, birds are chirping and, you know, like just that everything falls into place. Mm-hmm. Typically, something, you know, it, it just isn't that common it seems mm-hmm. and I would tell you that this particular experience um, and I've crew chief for him for a couple of years now so we've been through you, you would say we've been through fire together mm-hmm. so on one hand I know I, I know what it is that keeps him coming in going out um, including not just dealing with him but dealing with the the, uh, the staff you know I'm very much I describe myself as the guy behind the guy behind the guy mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, so I have a, a pretty honed um, sense at this point of what it is that keeps him um, coming in and going out safely and focused, um, sort of fearless, focused, and effective is the way I want to see him going out the door, and also relaxed. Mm-hmm. So to the degree that we can um, orchestrate that. Um, so the first answer is that it's, it's taken us a number of years to get here, but I also do want to emphasize that just before we go on, this last experience was quantitatively and qualitatively so different from previous ones. We've had um, fine and good um, events prior to this 200s we've done together and so forth. And they were great. Each one had its own characteristics. But this one in particular, you talked about walking in and just feeling that energy. There were people that made their way back to this event. And if you step back and looked at what I call the energetic maxim of it, 
they literally came back because they just wanted to be in it. Mm -hmm. And that is an extremely rare human characteristic where people are literally magnetically drawn to an event just because they want to be in the environment. Some people have actually driven like three times, two and a half hours each way to yeah. come back and multiple of them, they pace one time and say, they, they sign up again. Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, that's exactly that's another right. week. I can sign up again. And they came back again for the finish. Right. Right. It's, it's unbelievable. A, it's a little bit like getting on, you know, the Disney ride and then getting off and getting right back yeah. on a certain <laughs> level, you know. Uh, I was I was struck by the uh, whiteboard you had of every uh -huh. lap, sure. all the pacers, yeah. you know, for every, and so you just see these names kind of constantly rotating in, rotating sure. out, and yeah, and there was this huge group effort. You know, so yeah, yeah, it was yeah. amazing. P part of what I tried to do with that was I, 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 I'm trying to keep Michael's mind sort of wondering what's happening next to a certain degree, but just intrigued. You know, not mm. concerned, just mm. intrigued. There's a difference. Yep. So I wouldn't always tell him. I would use the term mystery pacer from time to time. I saw that. So, you know, <laughs> Victor from uh, Victory Sport Design came. I didn't tell him he's coming. You know, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. other folks have shown up. I didn't really. Uh, and I just did that intentionally to give you, it's give your monkey mind something to, to look forward to while you're kind of cranking through laps and that sort of thing. Totally. So, um, but back to your earlier question, I'll try to, I'll tr spend a few minutes here trying to shed light. I realize that this is sort of like the underbelly of this entire procedure, meaning you could go, um, you know, anybody outside looking in would see all this machinations, as you will, happening um, without um, much sense of how that works. And, and uh, it's uh, like a lot of support of another human being. There's not there's not a book, there's not a, there's not a school you go to to learn this. You just have to decide that you have a skill base for it and interest in it, and then you go about learning it. And the only way you would really learn that is for me to work with Michael in this case, and him kind of, we switch roles. He's actually teaching me at that point mm. and bringing me along with what it, what support looks like so that I have a sight picture of it before I try to deliver it. Mm -hmm. So um, everything, you know, this, uh, the, of course it starts weeks ahead of time, um, planning food, planning staff, coming in and out at what times. Um, we are a volunteer army, obviously, so we have to take into, a, you know, we have to you know, take into account people's person. You know, there's only so much time people can put towards it, regardless. Mm -hmm. So the planning, the planning weeks ahead is has to do with scheduling in and out of staff. What Michael is most likely going to want at what times, and luckily he's extremely structured personality. Some people aren't. Mm -hmm. I've seen extreme, rather, uh, really very chaotic crewing experiences, but I've never had one mm -hmm. with him. I have had them in other sports with other people, but I haven't had it with him. Mm. The reason that his brain is functions like an Excel flowchart. It's just, <laughs> here's what I need now, here's what I need now. So he communicates so clearly, mm. and he crystallizes it down to something that is actionable and, and able. We do have uh, able to act, to work with. Yep. The other thing that's quite important, you've heard this a few times, improvise, adapt, overcome. It's not just a funny saying. It's pretty much tattooed, I would say, to the inside of all of our eyelids on, on team <laughs> because the ability to not dig in when something doesn't happen just the way you think it, your brain tells you it's supposed to happen is absolutely a priori to doing this sort of crew work mm -hmm. because things are going to come, the wheels are going to come off, things aren't going to go the way you planned. He's not going to feel a certain, you know, he might think he'll feel a certain way and not feel a certain way. He might want to eat something and change his mind completely. So forth. You know, there's just an endless list of things that you just have to be flexible with. We, we try really the, the thing that got us through all this was, you know, he, to, to a very significant degree, his attitude about all of this. My experience of him is that he doesn't 
basically ever seem to go to burden about any of it, mm. uh, which I think is unusual and <laughs> kind of, uh, I, I haven't, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, if he doesn't go to burden, you know, think of it like a, a, a company on a certain level, you know, the, the, the tone of the company is set by the person at the top. Mm-hmm. And then, so innovation at the high end lends credibility down the line. The sort of, the sort of attitude that the person at the top is experiencing comes down to you, the bottom line of your company. So the more relaxed he is, the more flowy he is, the more in the moment he is, the better for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more able we are to, to bond with him and, and, and just be there to catch him. So that that's you know certainly that's something that I really have taken away from this. And also just to be calmly attentive, but not overly so. He'll, he'll, a, a runner at this level will tell you what they're looking for. Yeah. You don't need to like salve, you don't need to wash over him. He'll, mm. he'll come to you with mm. what he wants. But at the same time, you're not micromanaging them. You're, you're giving them, you're allowing them to kind of support you. You've got sure. the trust in them and all of that, you know, right. um, and you're obviously experienced. So you kind of have that rapport, you know what he's you can probably anticipate some of it, I'm guessing. Sure. And I know there were some times when you were asleep, I think, at one point. You're mm-hmm. kind of like, all right, you know, we're going to give him like five more minutes and mm-hmm. then we'll start getting things moving. And mm-hmm. you were you were gently prodding people, I think, in certain sure. situations. So you kind of knew, yeah, you know, yeah. what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it was just, it was very well run. I mean, just as very an outside good. observer. And I, I probably, you know, if you talk to some people in the community, I'm probably more on the chaotic side of the running, uh, crewing, right. uh, you know, thing. And, yeah. you know, I know that I, uh, one of my, one of my, uh, problems is always like at the aid stations, just talking too much, you know, you got to sure. get in and get out here. We had a little bit more time, which was good because you had actual sure. sleep cycles, mm-hmm. you had meals and, and you kind of dialed it into like, okay, we're doing three a day. Like that's, that's yeah. what we got to get through, not yeah. get through. That's what we're going to do. Right. It wasn't even like a, a job or a, yeah. or a burden. It was like, yeah. this is just what we're doing. And so that hopefully, yeah, also relaxes things a little bit, yeah. you know, as yeah. opposed to like a race, like we got a time limit cut off this kind of thing. Sure. I like, I like the flexibility sure. here. A couple other things I would add is, is I, I tried my hand at trying to keep, I didn't want it to be a party. I wanted to be a support. And yes. it, that's a really hard balance because some people come in, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're, they're excited. They're yeah. Actually, they just want to be in it. And so I was really trying to keep people to the degree possible, what I call grounded mm-hmm. here and just kind of calm. I, I, I spent a lot of time hushing people, mm-hmm. even Michael, at different mm-hmm. times. Yep. It's an exciting event. Right. But at the same time, that energy... It, you know, it, it's there's finite time, effort, energy, attention, and money. Every day on this earth, you, you've got these two buttons, and you're just constantly adjusting mm-hmm. for those for those metrics, shall we say? Yeah. So part of what I was doing was trying to keep to the degree possible the the workspace as calm as humanly possible, you mm-hmm. know, without without quashing their enjoyment of it as well. That. So, must have been difficult. That that was difficult. Uh, that was difficult yeah, at times because you have new people coming in. So f- for the first time, they're like, yeah. "Wow, I'm here! Yeah. Like, let's do this thing." Yeah. You're already a week in. Yeah, you you're already you know yeah. a week in plus all the you know both of you prep time sure. and everything. So you're like focused. Sure. Um, somebody like me might come in and be like, "Yeah, let's go! Like, yeah, no, let's run it. up the hill." And this is the thing. I get it. I totally yeah, get it. And yeah. I, and so I was trying to not quash that, while at the same time, mm. you know, this is the house that Mike's built. So I didn't want to quash that. Right. But I didn't want to try to channel it 
mm. to the degree possible. Yeah, um, no, great a point. A little bit of a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> yeah, um, a couple other things um, before we move along, as it were. We did something this time. We've been experimenting the last couple large efforts, two hundred plus, with how much real food can Michael actually eat? Mm. Because I think there's this, you know, there've been for years, uh, you know, people getting along on gels and, and oatmeal, and you know what I mean. It's sort of like. So these things go on so long. These these this is an I call this an ultra ultra. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the this is the edge of human. You know, I mean, I believe when you start going anything over a hundred, you're mm-hmm. living with the edge of human capacity on mm-hmm. certain levels for you know, you know hydration for the triangle of you know food, you know hydration, salt, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing, and sleep and rest. So mm-hmm. there's there's a triangle there, and we're we're constantly kind of adjusting that triangle. And I would say that. Uh, we we did uh, we did a, a rather interesting thing this time. We really fed him as much normal food as I mean. We sort of approached it as if you know he's he's going out. This is what he's doing for his day. Like he's, instead of going to work, he's going to run all day. And then in between there, he's going to come in. and We're going to give him lunch. And right. his lunch is going to be you know rice and, and uh, you know eggs and, and turkey breast and you know what I mean. Just, mm-hmm. just regular stuff. Um, so really, the the amount of processed or or I think yeah, when I'm going for it, we just fed him a lot of normal food, right? Um, and I think that's really helped. Uh, it kept his body weight stable, fluctuated, I believe, a, mo- a, a pound or two in between the whole thing, hmm. and also kept his energy uh, really high and kept his stomach. I don't, I don't believe I heard one time that his stomach was was jacked up for any reason. Mm. And you keep the interest there because, as we probably all know, you start eating race food for more than. I don't know, not that long sure. sometimes, and you're just kind of over it. You yeah. know? 13 days. Yeah. 13 days. <laughs> right. And I would say within the 13 days, there, there was never a <laughs> – it's good and it's bad. I said to his <laughs> wife, which Cindy Cindy Young is the, the architect behind all the food rotation, and, and even she was working, you know, during – and she only had two days off. Mm. She made sure that there's actually different rotation food that – Kendall can serve up. And so thank you, Cindy. I said to her, I said, it was both amazing as well as you have now ruined me. <laughs> because if I go to any other ultra event, god dang it, <laughs> there's no way I'm going to get this kind of food and, and, and experience. So that means I have to always now run all my races as a fat ass. So I have full control of the rotation of food. Yeah, so, the bar is pretty high right now. Oh my god. Yeah. We're, we're Kendall has been, I have been very diligent in terms of taking a photo of every dish that I eat before I eat it. <laughs> yeah. And we have a collection of, a, a collage of, of all those dishes. So we're um, going to post it up because oh, it will yeah. amuse the hell out of anybody that does an ultra. It will amuse the, like, yeah. how could you possibly be eating, you know, banh mi? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw some nice bowls and noodles and just, oh, yeah. It was pretty oh, much endless. I, I, can't, I don't know, Michael. I can't quite explain the five-pound bag of gummies, but let's, just, <laughs> let's just leave that aside. I know Bruce was just trying to hand those things out. Yeah, he had a thing for the gummies. Yeah, man. He just really had a thing for the gummies. But it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, the body took about four days to really relax. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very... Aware, having this, you know, kind of like it's been four years that I'm doing these extreme longer distance and, and more and more extreme as we go. Yeah. 
Um, so, so I've learned one of the things is trying to get the body stay regular, uh, mm. and, and especially when you go into a two-week period, mm. uh, not able to turn on, have the regular function movement, and, and, and all that can be very uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think both the, the 200s as well as this time, I, I was very adamant about making have a lot of greens, a lot of fiber mm. in my diet, and make sure the staff is aware mm-hmm. that, hey, every meal that you serve me, I want at least a big... Fifty percent of that should be greens and veggies, so yep. that I can and lots of fruit, so that I can mm-hmm. actually keep move keep things moving. In this particular case, it took me four days for my first. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> hey, hey, you know um, this is real. We're runners, and, we're right? Runners, we talk about this, <laughs> right? And, and it was it was uncomfortable, but it was it was the body's natural reaction to say what the heck is happening. Uh, we're doing an extreme amount of output, and we're holding on to everything. Right. right. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a flight and flight situation. Um, but it took about four days and finally go, okay, apparently we're not stopping. So <laughs> we, we need to make some adjustments because he ain't going to be. Right. Um, so, so, and then it just kind of, and then it flew from there. And then I think we finally dialed down the, the equation, both from hydration, um, salting, um, replenishing the electrolytes and, and all of that to the point where Every four hours, I was hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I carry very little as far as during the, the ascend and the descend, the round trip. Mm-hmm. I'll have an apple maybe as a snack. Like So the, the stuff that, you know, we will have a big bag of fruit on top of uh, the summit. Uh, so stuff that, real stuff, right? Mm-hmm. There's no nothing processed. Yep. And, and then come back to the... You know, a mile away, I'll call in, and, and now we got to the point that they just know that, you know, I'm going to come in, and they will have a different food served, eat that, and then we go take a nap, and we do it again. And to at, at the end of it, my pee was, like, clear, you know, measurement in terms of, like, index, how you, you I, I scale myself every day, three times, mm-hmm. morning, middle of the day, and the afternoon. The variance was less than a pound, no more than two. Which so, is amazing. I mean, yeah. For a thirteen-day effort, not having significant drop or sway, swing in any either direction mm-hmm. is huge. And and the energy level to to not actually as you progress further into the in the process that you have any kind of dip. Mm. Uh, my fat my last five laps was the fastest lap out of the forty. Wow! Mm-hmm. Just unbelievable to be able to turn on and feel. Like my legs never, you know, last year when we did the 200, uh, Chief Wowie said, actually, I would make sure that we use a, a roller to roll off my, my glutes, my quads. Like four days into it, we stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and because I was eating real food and being able to turn around and recover, my legs never felt sore. People have been like, how, how are you still walking around American River 50 miles a day? Like, why are you here? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm walking around and I, I, you know, I ran some with uh, the last couple miles to run Sydney in, and but my legs feel amazing. Never once sore. How? Yeah. I, I that's why I'm saying the unknown part of this exercise became the most amazing mm-hmm. part of the of the journey. And, and, and it, honest to goodness, I'm, I'm not just like fluffing it. Yeah. It really is. And you can see it from my face when right. I tell you that. Oh, you know, I mean, that it's it's such a, a you know like how do I get more of this? Yeah, how yeah. Do I experience more of that. And Chief is going to like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Check, please. Check, please. Let's just give it a little time. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I would like to add that as, as um, I was really vigilant to one thing, and Michael just touched on it, 
you know, a lot of times, you, you know, you, you've got to scale out. Now, this, this guy over here has lost 11 pounds. I'm a little concerned. Mm. What In an ideal world, I mean, what you just heard is that he's a trained athlete in yeah. final form. Now, we could, you know what I mean? Like, so the calories coming in, the calories going out, what he's consuming, how he's consuming it, et cetera, are in stasis. Mm-hmm. That And the, the sheer numerical proof of that is that he, his body weight didn't change. Mm. It's, it's quite that simple. So now... He is also a very, very trained athlete specific for that sport. We, we get all that. But for me, one of the goals was just to keep a super vigilant eye on what we were feeding him, when he was eating it, and to make sure that to the degree possible and um, mm. he maintained his body weight. And that, that I think, was huge. Also explains why the he just, when he was, okay, last year when we did the 200, he was, I'm not going to lie, he was cracked. Cracked. And he came, you know, he, he, he he slept at our house for two days. And he was in the bath for two days with Epsom salt. He didn't even get him out. This time, he just like just done and dusted, just walked off, just walked off, drove home. It, w- it wasn't even close, close to the same I think I think the amount of rest that I have this time, and that was actually something that I learned during my second 200, uh, and that was the first time we slept for like six hours over five days. The second time when I did this uh, 200 in September 2021, it was Thursday four, night four, I would just beat and I said, I'm going to crash. And I crashed for five hours. The next morning I was clocking down the hill at like nine minute pace. Mm-hmm. I, my legs felt amazing. And I was like, that's the magic sauce, right? You, you, I mean, obviously, sure. and, and I'm sure there's plenty of ultra 200 mile runners out there. It's like, dude, when you're running a, a real race, you don't have that luxury. But then, of course, you're also not hitting 100,000 feet of, of vert as a goal either. Right? Right. No race will put that in front of you. So I kind of set not only just for the distance, but also I had a vertical certain amount of verts that I was looking for in, in the challenge. And, and in doing so, I adjust the equation a little bit by being flexible. And, and so when we when we and, uh, set up the, the headquarters or the base camp, I made sure that there was buffer at the tail end of it, knowing full well that as much as I go into it thinking I can do four a day, you know, basically it's 10,000 feet and, and 50K a day, mm-hmm. that towards the end, I might actually be tired. And it turned out to be that case. Not necessarily tired, but it was more efficient to be able to turn around and actually go, <laughs> I call it the beginning of everybody who come pace me and say, go slow to go far, right? And so by actually pacing it out uh, and, and being flexible and be, be open to the idea, that enabled me to go stronger longer mm. and further yeah uh, and so that if that's at all it's a piece of wisdom that i've learned from this exercise is that sleep is the best medicine to recover and rebuild your body especially in extreme situation like this yeah you just heard the words stronger longer and further i would simply add that if i look if i roll this back to a couple of years ago I think Michael was coming out of the mindset of a, of a hundred, right? hundred miler. Mm-hmm. So basically I can just grind through it. But this is, this is not ultra. I call this ultra, ultra. So since you're doing ultra, ultra, you simply can't starve the body for sleep over many days. Mm-hmm. Um, so his first efforts, as he said, you know, last year, 200 plus miles, six or seven hours of sleep over six days. It's, it's just not good for you. You can do it, but why? So this time around, I, I just want to echo that, 
when you go this long, you absolutely have to structure it differently. There's no, there's, there's, so don't compare it to 100 because that's a separate issue. This is something two and a half times, three times bigger. And sure. so you have to approach it differently absolutely. from a rest standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we touched on this when we were talking, you know, during the laps I was there with you about this is kind of like a first time thing. No one else has done this. So you can take some time and just say, here's the first bar. You know, if yeah. someone else wants to come out and do four I laps a day, you. great, go I for it. You. you know, but like you've got that luxury yeah. of just, hey, hey, sure. I'm going to try this. Yeah. Um, and actually speaking of that, it just reminded me, what is the process or has there been a process now for submitting this to the Fastest Known Time website? So it took me, well, first of all, it took me a day to, to actually get some sleep and get <laughs> my mind back to functional state. Yep. Yeah. And then it took about, you know, good thing you and an IT person, you appreciate it. Yeah. I, I try to sync my watch, and, and speaking of technology, we, we had two watch going, thank goodness. Uh, redundant actually, systems. Redundant, yeah. Redundancy, because... Plan uh, on the plan, not working. There you go. So the first day, you know, we, we the watch timed out battery-wise. Fortunately, it was only like a, a mile away from the, the base camp, so we went. Once we got back to the house, we were able to keep charging it and reset it again and restart it. Mm. Uh, and, and and we definitely see when we don't have the live feed up uh, right away in terms of tracking, we start getting texts like, <laughs> where is he and is he still moving and so on and so forth. So yeah. that's one. Uh, we had a couple of watches in redundancy. The data file turned out to be 40 minutes mm. on the second day when it went for 12 days. Carmen <laughs> Connect just went home to Mama. Like, I have no idea how to process that. Right? It would just, it would just try to sink and it was just like nothing. Yeah. Nothing. So what I have to do is hardwire into the watch, like a like a massive storage device, pull the file off, and then I try to merge day one and day. Two through thirteen oh. uh, together, and then I broke the server, right? <laughs> so I used some of the tools, online tools for merging, right? Uh, fit files, yep. And then most of those tools are only accepting like a ten meg file. Mm. So I, when I submit a forty meg file, it just kind of like it, it just timed up on the server side. Mm. So we had to uh, had to do some digging on online and finally figured out. I merged it so. With the GPS drift, it came to 288 hours, 26 minutes as the total time and 385 miles, mm. uh, even though the actual mileage, if you were to calculate, is around 320. But the fact that with, you know, the whole GPS drift phenomena, you know, over the course of 13 days, there's a lot of, you know, uh, but, you know, th that's the reason why we... Also, don't care so long as we gone beyond 320. It's what the the actual mileage. It's the vert that actually would never change. So you can actually yeah. say if I did 40 summits, hard numbers, it's going to be over 100k of vert. So that that was always the two goals that we have: 300 miles or more. Mm -hmm. And um, 40. <laughs> it's funny. I, I told my I at lunch with my dad the other day. And, and uh, I showed him the, the numbers, 385. He kind of looked at the, the phone and looked at the number and looked at me and looked at me. I thought you said you were going to do 300. Like, where does this 385 come from? Like, why? Like, you, that's all those 400 miles. Like, not all of them is like what I did, but uh, he, he would just, he couldn't compute uh, what, what the effort was. And, and that, was, that was a good one. My, Michael, uh WhatsApp me the, the file, you know, just the screenshot of the file, right? The the the, uh, the Garmin Connect file, and I'm like, dude, 
you broke Garmin. <laughs> you literally broke Garmin. They're going to add that to their unit test. <laughs> yeah, from they're now just like, on. this can't be right. right? <laughs> right yeah, right. Garmin's like, this can't be right. Right, this, right. This just right. I mean, it's just because most consumer would never actually, no. you know, like you do an hour, you do like 100 miles, which is 30 hours, mm. but 288 hours consecutive effort as one activity. You know, I, I, I have a couple of uh, internal connections with Garmin, so I'm definitely going to submit that and, and give them. Yeah. Um, as to your question of FKT, well, that was step one to turn mm. on actually make sure that I have a presentable format, and then I'll post that to Strava. Mm. And, and, and again, you know, I know what I did, and, and that really is ultimately the, the, the most mm. important part. I mean, even when I did the 200, I never submitted to it to, to the FKT because it was it was a personal effort. I was yeah. not looking for, sure, we'll put it on the board, and, and as you said, I'm not a professional athlete by any, any stretch. I'm just, you know, I, I said to, to Dean when we were running my last lap, I said, I'm just a runner that want to try something kind of crazy. So... I don't have like a, a dietitian, you know. I don't have a, a special training coach to teach me how to optimize my body. I'm just doing like what everybody else is doing, and and, and keep tweaking the formula until it actually serves me best. So this is my approach, and I'm sure someone else, younger, fitter, and be able to come back and and, and if I by doing what I did inspire someone else to say, I want to go do 400. I'm going to do whatever. Amazing that. That had just, I've served my purpose, right? Now, if actually just someone else want to go do better, great. I would not be offended if somebody take my record down. That's awesome. That's, that's at the end of the day, that's what this sport is all about, right? Getting other people excited about what we're doing. Well, and I would hazard a guess you'd be out there pacing them. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Put a game in front of human beings, they'll play it. Oh, Put a game yeah. in front of humans, they will play it. No doubt. Now, I did. I, I do want to uh, talk about something. You mentioned your dad. Yeah. Your dad was at the finish line. He was, yeah. And that was special. what was that like? You know, I, 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 I don't share the story. Uh, you know, it, it took me a while to figure it out what happened. Um, you know, I'll back up a little bit. So a week before, or actually the day before the event on Wednesday, we start on Thursday, I, I was leaving. Dad kind of, you know, gave me a good luck, take care and be safe, have fun, and give me the, the, hey, if you don't think you can get it, don't push it, you know, be safe. And, and he gave me a hug and he got really emotional and, and I got emotional. This, you know, being Asian or older generation, um, typically get show a lot of you know he's, he was not taught in his relationship with his father to to express love and, and affection that way mm. and so no fault of his but I, I don't expect that and, and we never really had that kind of interaction uh, a lot uh, the only time that I've ever seen my dad cry was at um, um, when I did my first 100 miles at RDL, uh, Rio de Lago in 2015, he came out and he saw me at mile 50 and, and, you know, my team at the time had made sure that he was kept in touch, but stay in the hotel, don't come out here and wait in the dark, dark of the night and windy and what have you, and, and uh, we'll let you know, give you like 45 minutes and you can come out. And he, of course, you know, my first 100 miles, I blew it, I flew into the cool a fire A station. And it was like chaotic, right? Everybody's jumping on me and 
switching shirts and feeding me and you know I had six crew member and all everybody had a hand on me and then I was like boom I'm out of there and it's like that was it and then but what he did realize that it was I was now leaving for the rest of the night and he's not going to see me until the finish I finished 29 and a half hours so that was like 10 30 the next morning and he came back out saw me the finish line and and I you know I held it together for 29 hours but when I crossed the finish line I got really emotional it was my first hundred first experience of that and and I you know I cried I, I you know just it was it was the most amazing experience I, I mean, you know first of, you only get one first. That's what I told Cindy last night when we, mm-hmm. on the final mile, uh, half mile, I said, you know, you only ever get one first. So remember this because no matter how much it suck at this moment, you'll never come back to this. Mm-hmm. The next time when you cross the same distance, 50 mile, 100 mile, 200, whatever, no matter how amazing that is, it's never going to be the same as the first time when you break through that PR. And so... My dad came up to me at uh, Real Ardeal at the finish line and gave me a hug, and, and he was crying. <laughs> and, and it just, I lost my stuff, right? So fast forward to this year, uh, Wednesday, we, we finished the conversation. I had no idea why he was emotional. I mean, and, and then it dawned on me later on, I was talking to uh, a, a reporter that I had sent him uh, sort of like we, I did a teaser video with the drone footage, and that it was the drone was showing I was how I was scaling the scrambling up the side of the mountain, and I realized that I had sent him that video also that morning, and he finally saw what it is that I do when I actually go running, and and I think the magnitude of the fact that I'm actually going to be doing that one time is already for, from his perspective was hard, and to see. And I'm going to be doing that 40 times. I think it finally hit him that that what what it is that I'm trying to actually accomplish. And so when he saw me at the finish line, um, we both got uh, emotional, which is you know I think it was it was an important part of of that uh, that experience uh, for him to see that and and um, told me he was proud of me. And so that that was important. There's nothing better than that. Oh man, yeah. nothing better. Yeah. Can, can yeah. you imagine what it'd be like for him? I mean, he, he has had a very different life. Yeah. And, he and Michael are, you know, very different personality types. Mm-hmm. But to see, to, to finally look up and go, that's my son. This is my son. This is my flesh and blood doing this, this thing, this, this thing. It must be, I can only assume he's enormously proud. It was funny, uh, I think he asked me at one point, like, how many people are doing this race? <laughs> You're running a race, right? How many people in this race? I'm trying to, like, put up one finger and you kind of look at me like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> so amazing and like you said you know that that was like obviously the first 300 right? <laughs> you know? for and so yes. for you like yes. you are not going to forget that he's not going to forget that no. um all the people who else was out there you had norman you had bruce my entire team Sat Paul, and, and, like, and i, I want to say uh, you know there were a couple of guys, Seth Paul and mm-hmm. Bruce specifically, and, and Norman, you know, the, those are the, the core part of the team, yeah. uh, Carla from, from mm-hmm. Sacramento here. Yep. But, you know, going into this, you know, the guys were, where do you need me? How do I, how can we help you? And and I've told uh, Seth Paul and, and, and Bruce, being that they themselves are very experienced ultra runners themselves, and I've paced them. Western States and 
Moab, Bigfoot, and so on and so forth. So these are these are the guys that actually know when I'm in the hole how to actually get me out right? yeah. or how to get through it because they've been through it. And and I was very specific about, hey, you know, I don't need where I need you is actually beyond two hundred. 201 to whenever we finish and, and so save save your time and I know one lives in Sacramento one lives in San Jose and we're in Marin mm. um, doing all of this and I said you know come when I actually in an unknown part and these guys would drive round trip so that they can go home and take care of the family and then come back set all with, and they would take turn they would talk to each other and mm-hmm. say all right I've got this night run covered and you can actually come do the morning, and so people would actually go home, like three in the morning, and, or you know, twelve when we finish, come back at five a.m. and just just to show up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I own. Yeah, this, it's unbelievable. I mean, there's there's no I in team, and and I I, on, I I swear this this would not happen without the support of Chief. I mean, he slept as much as I did, uh, and, and you know, and and, and I I. I told him, you know, every door tap had his handprint on it, um, that his hand was on, bo- on the back of my hand when I actually tapped the door mm-hmm. uh, because it wouldn't have happened. But to see the guys that actually show up day and day and day, mm-hmm. especially on the second week, mm-hmm. uh, and to see the, the look in their eyes reflecting back at you, mm-hmm. how much they believe in you, doesn't matter how much it hurt, how much tired, and I wasn't, but still, you, that gave you tremendous amount of strength and and will to get up and say you cannot, you dare not disappoint these people yeah. because they believe in what you do. and and if, if to do anything impossible, you gotta have you gotta believe, but you gotta have people believe in you, mm-hmm. and and if anything, you can actually be that force for someone else. That's what you should pay it for, ever. Uh, Sat Paul, I just want to add specifically to amplify that. Sat Paul and, and Bruce just metaphorically went to the craps table and just all in, pushed it all in, all in. Because those guys were going home for three hours with their family, turning right around and coming back. I heard one Bruce's story. I think he got home at one or two or something in the morning and had to get up at five. It was back, was back by six. Yeah. yeah. yeah Those were also the guys. We, we did have a couple of Dark Nights of the Soul before the 200. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got those, those, those are my go-tos. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys I called and they said, I need, I need you to call Michael. Just call him. And so they did. They just, they caught up with them on the top of the mountain mm-hmm. during a particularly um, challenging segment he was in. And so they, they are his, what he calls, ride and dies. They're, those two men, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, those are your guys. And those are the guys that actually are here that was with me. And, but there was so many people that have sent me, like, that couldn't be there. Mm. Every morning I wake up, both from, you know, social media as well as my, my, my SMS, I've got all these inspirational mm. messages and saying, look, we're rooting for you, uh, you know, just from, you know, impossible it's only impossible until it's done you know Nelson Mandela you know like inspirational messages that actually show up with like you know memes and, and things and and tears me up first thing I open my eyes and I see that and it's just kind of like okay you got to keep going keep moving and it wasn't hard there was never a, a point I'd say oh man I can't do this 
I've never actually like, we're, we're there, but it, 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 it certainly, when you wake up your eyes, it's like everything kind of tight and hurt and, you know, I, I need about 10 minutes to just kind of stretch myself and, and wake my body up and let all the muscles just kind of like, okay, time to go to work. And then I walk out and say, let's do it again. And so that was a, that was a, a, an interesting part of in, internal dialogue with myself 40 times. Wow. And after that 40th lap, the finish, I mean, just the emotion, everything going on there. I imagine you all went back to the base camp for a while and hung out. and Lots of bottles of champagne. I'm you know. sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm not I think, lie. No, <laughs> it's, all, it's all part of the process. And yeah, then yeah. once that all that euphoria kind of wears off, what's it been like? Are you feeling any kind of like re-entry shock or anything? I mean, obviously you're out there AR50, so you're kind of back in that mindset of the race working for somebody else now but just in general is there just that sense of wow like now my body doesn't know what to do because i've been doing this thing for so long you got to re-enter and kind of readjust the, the re-entry sleep by was actually very good i mean i i in the past because of the effort was so sleep deprived like the 200s i would sleep for like 12 hours for like the next couple of days this time First night, what, like eight hours, and I was, I was up and running, and I was out the house, literally, <laughs> and, and uh, I was back to what was not normal was I was constantly hungry for the last, for the, for the next four days. Yeah. Every four hours, I have this, like, enormous desire, I need to eat, and even though I'm not necessarily running, but the body still think it is, mm-hmm. and then somewhere along the way, in the middle of the day, somebody turned my light switch off, and I'm just like... You are now needing to take a nap. Nine thirty in the morning, I, I took a two and a half hours <laughs> nap after I got up. Yeah. Right? but that's what the body is needing, and I, you know, I feed it, and, mm. and and here we are. Like three days later, like Tuesday finish. Friday night we were driving yeah. for AR fifty, and four thirty in the morning we woke up for on Saturday to to crew and in. Chief and I ran around all day until seven thirty. That, that and and we went down to Las Gasp and, and and brought her in for the for the final final two two and a half miles. So yeah, I mean I, we felt great. And, I, and in fact, Friday night I I was doing some last minute planning for the routing and, and where we crew and so on and so forth. I went to bed at like the guys said. Dude, you were up at one o'clock, and we're getting up at four thirty. What the hell? <laughs> he was, they were getting like emails from me at one o'clock in the morning, but that's part of the job, you know. I was screwing, and so, and, and I didn't really have time before to do all of this, so I had to get it done. So it, it, but here I am. Yeah. It's Sunday on ten thirty in the morning, and I feel ready. I mean, just looking at you, just facially and body yeah. and everything, yeah. like you, just nothing, no problem. It was <laughs> so funny yesterday. You know, we we. Cheering at a couple of A stations early in the morning, and people, oh, people were recognizing. Like, did you just run a three hundred? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Aren't you supposed to be dead? Should right? be tired? Like, you know, like, like, and I'm walking around. You know, and that was a good feeling. And, and but it, 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 it was just phenomenal how how many people actually recognize the effort and, and or they're not friends of mine but they heard about yeah him. yeah there was yeah. a lot of that like a lot of people knew him didn't know know him but yeah. heard of because i mean it's such a unique thing the one thing i would add is i think you know back to the diet just real quick i, I think we managed to minimize the peaks and the valleys the ups and the yeah. downs it kind of kept them right in the middle so to your question you know how, how are you feeling right now today michael 
I think a lot of, you know, yes, he, he took a two and a half hour nap at 9.30 and yes, he's eating. But I think that that whole scope and scale of that isn't anywhere near as high and, and, and low as it was even during his 200. And mm. again, it's back to it's back to that triangle of, of sleep, nutrition, salt, and hydration. Yeah. Just that, that, that holy trinity. Mm. Got to get that mostly right. But the um, body's incredible, right? In the process of that two weeks, 13 days, it... It figured it out, what it is that I'm trying to do, and it, it constantly was fine-tuning. And, and by no stretch that I'm like, you know, Dean was asking me, like, how much how much carbs are you eating? How much proteins were you eating? Well, I, I wasn't really measuring in that, in that extent. I was just eating real food. But on the flip side, you know, uh, I don't have a professional... That's, I do have a very professional team, but not necessarily like a dietitian. Yeah, yeah a dietitian calculate, sitting there. Calculating and saying, hey, you're right. burning this many, you know... Garmin told me I burned 65,000 calories during the entire effort, you know, so over two weeks, that's not bad. Yeah, know? it wasn't like you were sitting there weighing things out or oh, yeah, micro, you know. You know. It, it was a learning process. Like, the first 200 I did, I mean, there was a significant, like, I, I kind of did a weight scale myself at the beginning of the of the journey, and then at the end of it, six days later, I scaled myself, it was a, like a 10-pound difference. Mm-hmm. Well, like, whoa, this, that's what prompted me, and so I was very meticulous logging everything both from like lap time how long it takes to do a lap this time how long it takes to do a lap how much what am i eating in between each session uh how much i wait how much sleep what time i went to bed what time i woke up so i can track everything so i have a whole you know being the, the data nerd uh, <laughs> I, I was already tracking and, and plugging the spreadsheet and i share some of the data with the guys uh the lap was consistently between three and a half to four hours. I know when I actually, it's a four hour lap, it's because I've just got somebody new who never been up to Tam, so I spend a little time, take some photos, yep. and, and chat, and, and, and do more kind of like extra poses for them. Because, yes, it's an FKT, but I'm not out there to, like, what am I? I try to get a, get a, get a do I get a medal at the end of that? I, I'd much rather have that experience with a person who took the time to come in for me and share that so they have a positive memory of, of that journey with me, right? And I've always said that, you know, there's no, anybody want to go up to Tam, I'm happy to take them, and it will always be a personal experience. And Chief included, that was actually how, how we actually really started right. bonded in yeah, 2000, yeah. 2017. Mm-hmm. And we took them up on, on a random six people expedition up to the top of Tam. We had coffee, we had, we had <laughs> like breakfast up top and watch the sunrise. It was beautiful. And, 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 and before I launched it all, as I, I actually went out and reached out to my social media and I said, hey, if you ever in the last five years have experienced TAM with me, please post a photo that we have taken and that was just the, the response that had been overwhelming. And, and so many of those people came back to join me at a lap when I was doing a 300. So mm-hmm. that was that was, you know, that was very rewarding. I just want to amplify one thing about that that I consider exceedingly unusual. I've, I've done work with groups at different times using different tools and so forth. I have never had the experience of all Michael did was send out an email. He just set the game, and all these people came out of the woodwork, literally, who at some point had had that experience with him prior. I had zero problem filling forty laps. I had people, I had people falling over each other. <laughs> so that can only happen one way. I mean, at the end of the day, it's what I call the report card. It's a report card of. of 
the impact that you've had on other people positively. And so to me, I, I simply need to say it was absolutely, uh, you know, it didn't surprise me the least knowing as I do, but it was absolutely amazing to watch. All he had to do was put the word out and people came rushing to his support. And I don't mean just me and my wife or Bruce, or just leave that aside. These are just people that he has at some point or another positively affected and in the end, it had been a amazing speaking for uh, running, ultra running, fit, you know, just however you wish to call it. Uh, so I think that to me is, there's some things that just, you, you, life doesn't often hold the mirror up so you get a good look at yourself. It really just doesn't really work that way typically, easily anyway. And this is one of those few times in life you get to get a good look at yourself. And I was, uh, you know, it just filled filled all of our hearts to see, uh, to see how, 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 um, how many people he's positively touched with with this message of running and, and community and it's it's um, I I would also add that to a lot of them I, I heard them say you know somehow he managed to view them you could do this you know you don't have to do this maybe there's something else mm-hmm. that's your this maybe maybe you know ask yourself if, if there's something that that uh, you know maybe your brain somewhere told you you can't do something check it out because maybe you can. Okay. It's a, this constant exercise of self-examination. Exactly. What what is it? You know, is it possible? Okay, maybe I don't think it is, but what could it take to make it possible? That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. At least try. Right. And, and I mean, yeah, you got national exposure on this thing. Uh, Hopefully, not a cliche at this point, but I mean, we need these stories yeah, during this time, the last yeah, few years. Yeah. I mean, it's helpful. I, I don't think it's a cliche. It, it lifts people up, you know. Really and and to your point, like the community aspect of this, and that's we we were loving posting updates. Sure. I mean, even I'll just relate this one personal story real quick. Like on my first lap with you, going up, we started around eight o'clock at night. I have my little tracker. I turn that on and I hit the OK button, and I'm starting a new activity. That sends out a text message to family members, one of whom is my mom in Texas. It's now 10 o'clock her time. And sure. So immediately get a text like, are you running at night right now? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's unusual, you know, for most of, most of the time. Yeah. I said, oh yeah, you know, I'm pacing a friend of mine. He's yeah. doing this crazy thing. Yeah, Not yeah, crazy. Yeah. It's it's like a, a big effort. Sure. Um, and I, I sent her your, your links and everything. And she just, wow, like, what is this all about? And she loves that kind of stuff. She loves following sure. these, like, just really big efforts, you know, and it, it for anybody, any age, like you can, sure. you can see these things and get inspired to do something that's maybe not that big, but it's big in your world, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a great, a great thing. We all can inspire other people no matter what we do. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I just love it. To come back, to come back to that pacing bit, to, to, to sort of caveat that I want to add to that. One was that out of the forty laps, I only went up. Only one of those laps I went solo. Uh, that was day two morning run uh, for sunrise and and that speaks to like how many people actually showed up right and and for, for starter you know I said Paul was like, I'm so sorry that you know you had one lap that you didn't do <laughs> that was actually one of the most spiritual experiences yeah. by myself sunrise mm-hmm. uh, I had some thought about my dad I had uh, you know I was, I was I was having a conversation with a friend before about her relationship with her father and, and then that led me to think about you know reflection to about my relationship with my dad had a lot of emotional uh, you know experience and got, got a little emotional during sunrise and it just the mountain cleanses you right mm-hmm. and you, you go up and you seek and, and people say 40 laps how is that not like 
you know, I can't even run around the track and let alone go 40. Every summit is a unique experience. I, I tell people that the weather is different, the mountain is different, the company is different, I am different, how I feel is different. So when you add all that combination, every, every ascent is a unique journey, right? It's what you seek out of it and what you get out of it. Uh, and so having 40, 40 times with 39 times with all different energy. I said, one friend that came by and she goes, I don't want to unload all of this on you. I said, dude, this trail, I know every rock. Yeah. I step on the same rock every time. Your story is actually what changes this particular ascent to, to be different. Mm. So unload away, please, mm. right? You know, be my entertainment and, and, and be my distraction. And, and, and in the meantime, we have a different interaction coming out of that. But the bottom line is so many people that actually came thank me for I'm, I'm going like you are here to help me right I'm thanking you for making the track to come out to, to you know however far you come further even more so but but you are turning around thanking me for the experience I I couldn't fathom that uh, at, at the end of the day it was it was the, like I said the unknown part so many of that was turned out to be the most amazing part of this journey. It, it's how do I get one? It's such it's, such a physical effort, but also just that mental effort, and mm -hmm. and and again, yeah, just being kind of like embraced by the community oh, and, yes. and, and so all that. so ministered to, so ministered to level. Although I gotta add, I still think it's you know, I still think it's kind of messed up when you climb that hill so many times. You know. Every yeah. step here, <laughs> I can only imagine. I'm gonna put my foot here. I'm gonna put it in. Yeah. Here. Oh yeah. For yeah, for trails I've been on many, many times. Yeah. That same thing. Yeah, yeah. You just have kind of a navigation you that you follow. Literally and know just, where you're gonna yeah. put your foot. And, and it's so funny because I've had a couple of people, Corral, Amalia, that was like, and I was watching them, and they took a different route than like a different foothold. Yeah. Step. And I'm like, oh, that's actually a better route. So, <laughs> so I actually named that step by their name, right? Nice. So there's a tree that Cindy has that she always go to. There, there is, Seth Paul has a particular section of the trail. And, and so these people that actually, so now every time when I go up to Tam, when I go past that, I would tell that story. We have we have a little rock we we, we name <laughs> sitting bowl to Buddha rock because we have a story for that. Right. So, so again, at, at all of these at these people add flavor and color to my to my my experience with Tam. Uh, if Sir Edmund Hillary can have the Hillary step on Everest, then, then Michael can have the set ball step <laughs> Absolutely. on Tam. Absolutely. Uh, gentlemen, this has been amazing. Uh, I want to just give you a moment. Kevin, I'll start with you. Just any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, results occur in the space that human beings create. Spirit through mind creates matter. Michael is really ministering to everyone. It's not an overused term. Um, look up. Just, just, just look up. Just see if there's something there that you, your brain has told you maybe you can't do, or maybe you've even thought about it. And, um, and just, just, just question that. Ask yourself whether there's some a way. Is, it, is there some way you can reach, reach down inside yourself and find that thing that you'd like to accomplish and, and realize that you probably. If you don't try it, you'll never know, but you certainly um, will get further by trying it than, than not. So um, I also want to add what a, what a pleasure and, and an honor it is to, to work with Michael. He's uh, 
the consummate professional as well as a personally dear friend. So when you marry those two, um, I, I'm confident I'm not alone. He had 39 out of 40 laps. He had multiple people, so I'm certainly not alone in this. Uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to, to work as closely as I do with him and have uh, you know, endless respect and love uh, for him. Um, I hope he continues to, to you know, to, to set goals for himself and, and um, take the rest of us along on that ride. I'm sure he will. Wow. How about you, Michael? This has been a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we, we go take these journeys that, that of the unknown and uh, what's on the other side of the impossible seems so unreachable 40 laps to numbers and just it's a sheer task right and and when you reach the other side man uh, I mean you can see it in my face you can see it in my eyes that that's it's hard to measure it hearts to put to words I just want I just want to go do it again <laughs> I just want to go do it again and like Oh. As much as my body, and, and the thing is, it didn't break me. Right. Like I feel amazing. I'm still walking around this euphoria, and I, I've been, I've been taking notes and making, you know, entries as far as like things that come to the moment. Uh, what what I I'm, while I'm unpacking this this whole journey, but reach for it. Believe in what you actually, what's capable of got to push that outside edge and if you fail it's okay when you do fail it means that you have found your edge but you can actually go back fine to it and come back harder further but it's just a matter of that improvise adapt overcome you can do anything that's what I said when I when when, crew, when chief asked me when I first finished my 200 what's your thought I feel like I can do anything Here's the Knicks. Anything. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And, and Look where we are now. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, somebody already asked me, like, what's next? Is it going to be a 400? No, not necessarily. You know, this is a nice package that I think I've, I've I believe, marked, right? Mm. And that's good. I want to go try something else, something different. And, and I don't know what that looks like, but, man, I, I think what I walk, take away from this is letting the universe guide you. You know, we've asked, we, the day we went and actually looked for reconning for space, how we actually going to make this work, a house was presented to us at the end of that same morning. Mm. And that became our base camp. Thank yeah. you, Dave. I appreciate the, uh, the, the support. And, you know, when we asked, like, how are we going to actually have this thing all come together with, 40 laps and like with six people that actually are my core team a bunch of people showed up a, a lot of people showed up you know, that overwhelming and I, I say you know not only just the people that were there but the people that were, weren't there I feel a hand on the back of my a small of my back pushing me up the, the hill that's mm-hmm. so true uh, and and that sensation I, I wish I can bottle it I can share it I can I can enable someone else to experience that. That would be the coolest thing ever. Uh, but I don't have as 
as uh, polish of a wisdom of, of Kendall Young, uh, Reverend Kendall Young, as I always <laughs> refer to him. But, uh, man, I'm still, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude and, and gratefulness of how this journey and what had what had brought me. So thank you, and thank you for all the people that actually follow along, and and uh, I hope you know you got something out of the journey and, and uh, inspire you to go do something that push your little impossible and see what that is about. Definitely. And I mean, just the fact that you're putting it right back into the community speaks volumes too. You're part of that push to whomever that person is on their back. So we love that kind of give and take about ultra running and many communities in the world. And we all kind of just have to support each other. Yeah. You've yeah. shown that in spades. And yeah, we're, we're waiting for the next big thing. So <laughs> take some time. I know you got some races coming up. We're going to be excited to see those too. So thanks everybody. Uh, it's just been fantastic. I was really uh, privileged also to just be able to experience this event in person and, and just taking the time after I'm sure a long day yesterday and a long couple of weeks to sit down and spend some time with me. We're really looking forward to it, getting it out there. I just want to say on behalf of my co-host, Jessica Harris, Mike Turner, and I'm your host, uh, Greg Larkin. Thanks very much for listening in with uh, Kendall and Michael, and we will see you on the trails.